This is The A, and my name is Reg Clay. Norman G is still in Paris uh, doing his show. Uh, this is The A, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. As always, we are sponsored by Central Works, a new play theater headed up by Gary Graves and Jans Leifler. Central Works, reinventing theater one play at a time. Uh, we want to thank Central Works for sponsoring us and our wonderful consulting producer, Mallory Samara. And I've got... Um, Dan Hall, who is my uh, guest uh, host, you were here uh, a couple of years ago in 2020. How's it going, Dan? It's going great. Glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, no problem. And we have a special guest, Elijah Collins. Elijah, how are you doing, man? I am well. I am well. (laughs) Thank you for having us. You are a, um, I want to call you a, um, you're a, a visual designer, yeah, yeah, uh, for, so, for some way, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of like to say like multi-hyphenate, just to kind of like encompass everything. Yeah, and then that makes it easier just to kind of just say like I do everything. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need? Yeah, I got you, boo. Oh yeah. <laughs> because you know, we had folks on the A who are actors. You know, they're on stage, mm-hmm. they sing, they act, they dance, or whatever. But mm-hmm. we we're trying to bring in a lot of tech folks who make the magic happen. And, you know, all three of us, we worked on uh, Tasha for Three Girls Theater, Mm -hmm. where there was, you know, there was audio, there was video, there were all sorts of effects that we're we're putting in. And I think it's, it's a new way of approaching theater, where you just don't have lights and sound but there's a new generation of technical workers and technical creatives who incorporate all so much stuff and i think you're a part of that yeah thank you yeah thank you yeah um i i just kind of see it as like you said we're we're stepping into the next generation of like creatives Mm -hmm. and being able to adopt media on whatever level that may be Mm mm-hmm can either help the show like mm-hmm. like what we experienced with Tasha with the videos and the and the and the effects that that were that were that made it into the show right. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then um you know there's this this again there's just this, this level of just like in, of intensity that we can just bring yeah and i'm just i'm just so happy that i was able to meet both you guys and being able to just add on to you know the 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 play to the to the theater and just just you know just add the sprinkles on. I mean, you guys did an amazing job, but I was, I'm glad that our team was able yeah. to come together. It was a collective effort. And exactly. Dan, uh, for those who should check out episode 143, where you talk about you know all of the great things that you did, and I think you were the lighting designer for a show that Norman did. It was an outside theater. I don't know if you even oh, remember actually, that. I was the master electrician for the San Francisco Shakespeare Fest. That's right. Uh, Two years I was for uh, Midsummer's Night Dream and As You Like It, the musical. And yeah. I think Norm was... In, I know Norm was in As You Like It. I don't think he was in... No, I think he was in Midsummer's Night Dream. Yeah, he was describing that. I guess you guys had to move around to certain different venues oh. and it was really, really tough. And I think you had to deal with uh, some kids, some interns. Oh my God. Who are helping Fly- you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So Elijah, get this. Five outdoor venues. Mm-hmm. All outdoor. Basically <clears throat> just parks. Yeah. One of them was just a high school, like oh, the wow. like the like the field of a high school, like, and you have to build your entire sound system. You have to build your entire lighting system, like you have to yeah. lug out those cables. You have to build the lighting towers. You have to build like your little satellites. You have to put all that away at the end of the night, yeah. like, um, and then on top of that, you don't really get real technicians. Like you don't get like guys like me and Reg who 
know yeah you know what you're doing yeah you would get uh a bunch of high schoolers and potentially college freshmen as interns who have like no idea what they're doing didn't you tell me that there was one guy who nearly electrocuted or destroyed the system oh so two things uh there were two the two kids um i don't know which was the one that uh they were supposed to hang uh work lights on like a chain link fence and one of the little prongs of the chain link fence went inside of a um what is it a little surge protector yeah and literally i remember grabbing the fence and my arms just kind of locked on oh my god he nearly (laughs) that is scary he nearly electrocuted you that's why you wear insulated boots as an electrician (laughs) And, and and you gotta have some really good gloves too yeah and then the second one was that one of my kids was told to grab me to, you know, bring up, like, the end of show lights. It was just particularly dark. The park turned off, like, their the park lights a little early. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this kid, instead of grabbing me, they run to the light board and they put, I think it's, like, one channel 1 through 200 at full. They don't even, like, go to, like, any systems, any oh, subs, any control systems. Like, to try and just bring lights up, they literally just slapped everything up, and you just watched all the lights get bright, and then, like, oh my whole God. rack, oh, whole dimmer just rack. Blew, blew it. Yep, whole dimmer rack popped, like, we wow. only had, like, of the 48 lights that were on, took out 24 of them. Now, those fuses are bulbs. Fuses. Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> fuses inside the dimmer rack, it really sucked. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, and you can't, you can't really yell at them. You can't really yell at them. I mean, you got you can reprimand them, but <laughs> you get mad because well, it's like it's like oh well. I mean, I guess it's all right. And then you find out that they were told to grab you and instead did that. And then you're like, okay, now you're just stupid, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And people should know. I mean, what you do, Danny, for um, for Z Space. You almost run everything. I mean, of course, Comb is your boss, but you yes. you handle the lights and the sounds, and I mean, you're really the on on at present um, manager. I mean, oh, yeah, I mean, ex- Elijah was there. there. Huge help. Huge. <laughs> like, like I have to say, you were a huge, huge help on the projector. Like, if oh. we did not get that projector right, like. A thousand things, you know, it's like using like an HDMI extender with like a... Ethernet cord. It was an Ethernet port, right? Yep. Yeah. So it's like... uh, Luckily, the projector had that. (laughs) Seriously. It was... Well, it didn't need that. What it was, it was like we had an Ethernet port running from both sides and then HDMI going in and out of them. Yeah. So the thing that made it difficult was I think that the projector, because it was a home style projector, it's Mm -hmm. meant to just plug in uh, mirror displays. It's not meant to like be used as a source output for like you know like a signal yeah so like trying to get it routed through a network switch i think it just kind of got confused if that makes sense like there's a level of like coding that it was not like designed for sure yeah but you got it done anyway and i'm sure those who are listening are like oh my god i have no idea what you guys are talking about but (laughs) these are the sort of things that happen and of course it happened during tech and you know, tell uh, someone, you know, like Ayo Daly, you know, who is a director and who would not know anything about the whole technical aspects. It's like, listen, something's not working. Fix it. Figure well, it out. If we like, I didn't have this kind of fear until just recently, but uh, we at Z-Space, we, Z-Space, we got like a influx of new technicians because of things like piano fight and exit closing, all these theaters horribly shutting down. Oh, We're trying that's, to, so people coming to you guys. Yeah. So, uh, 
Of the five technicians that we have recently hired, only one of them knew where like the accessory slot was to like a Source 4 light. So one of them, only one of them really knew how to properly hang a Source 4 light, put like accessories into it. They were like the only one that could wire like, you know, like a moving light, an IQ. Yeah, yeah. There's a little bit of like, there's no, you just need to know that there's some weird like transitions from like five pin cables to four pin cables for some of that. Yeah. But... None of these kids knew any of that. Oh, my like, goodness. And it's one of those things where it's like... I do wonder what what's being taught. I mean, you know, like, I, I don't know if any kids even want to get into, you know, because when a kid goes into school for learning theater, they want to be on stage. They don't yeah. want to be backstage. So I'm wondering how many technical directors are coming out of school. Well, I, I will have to say, like, I was a kid that was in theater, and I did... I, I was always... I've always been behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved setting up sound like my first my first interaction with like theater was like at church and that was me being able to help out with the sound systems at work or mm-hmm. not that work <laughs> but the sound systems at the at, church, at the church yeah. it, i mean it was yeah, it was, it was, it was work yeah it was, exactly yeah. and the le- churches have some good sound systems especially especially the church that i especially my church that i used to go to um we there they updated the systems and all these other things and they were looking for kids to kind of just like come in and just like learn and you know this is this is like very basic level stuff we're just talking about put the speaker here plug it in put it on a stand Mm -hmm. turn it on yeah It's, it's not rocket science right but you know the thing the thing about like the transition from going to church to school was i had professors who from the get go was telling us you're gonna you're gonna have to pay very close attention. You are the guinea pigs of this entire program, mm-hmm. and you're gonna have to learn everything and be more. You have to be better than better. Yeah. So by the time that I hit uh, conferences and trade shows and and weddings and stuff, yeah, I was overly prepared, and that and that kind of bothered me just because like my skill set was beyond mm-hmm. what I was doing. Yeah. But. Now being ten years older, mm-hmm. I, I was learning. These are the basics of working with a full team. Mm-hmm. These are the basics that you need to like to be able to work with the client, especially if, especially with like we're talking very prominent, high up uh, uh, hotels like the Fairmont, the, sure. the Mark Hopkins, the Icon. We're talking about places that pull in five million dollars every quarter. Yeah. So you have to kind of learn the basics of the basics and then as you get as you get better and as you get better and better and you start to move up the ranks yeah then you can kind of get to to doing the stuff that you want to do and and i and i feel like for for the kids that you're bringing on if they're not knowing like the four and the five pin or even even the difference between like the gauges of like a three a a three pin uh xlr cable and a three and a three pin uh dmx i mean like if you can't pick it if you can't pick it up and know that there's a difference, like that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, and, I, and that's why, like you know, again, ten ten years ago, I I wouldn't be, I would been like, oh yeah, this is XLR cable, right? But yeah. now I can look, I can like feel it and just be like, nope. Yeah, and I can relate to that story. I remember uh, when I, I went to an arts high school, Duke Ellington School of the Arts, and in 1986 they built a theater that was state of the art. It was one of those theaters where 
you know, uh, it would it would it would be normal like here in, you know, 2023. And they had a computer where you can program the the cues. And this is 1986. And when I came out and when I went to college and when I started doing off off Broadway stuff and I did tech technical theater, they still had the regular rudimentary boards, you know, like. One half of the board, you you program the cues and the cue and the board is live, mm-hmm. and then the bottom one is you're setting up the next cue. Mm-hmm. But basically, just very um, it's it's what do you call it? It's not um, it's not digital. Mm-hmm. It's um, analog. 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 Yeah, yeah. It's basically an analog setup. Yeah. So I was like, oh well, gee, you know, I was working on something more you know complex back when I was in high school, but of course. You know, companies got more money and they started having these more technical equipment. Now, pretty much every single board that I see has a computer. You program it, you code it in, and you could do all sorts of, you know, fancy things. So you're absolutely right. Kids have to be prepared for everything. Yeah. Whether you're working a, a you know, rinky ding black box theater where you're doing a production for, I don't know, the Hyatt, <laughs> where they're going to pay you four figures. So. Yeah. This is actually opens a really interesting conversation I've been talking about to a lot of technicians in terms of skill set. So for me, college dropout, almost 10 years of just busting my butt trying to do this. Mm-hmm. And I'll talk to people who have gone to college for tech and they'll say like, oh yeah, got, came out of college, had no idea what I was doing because so many theaters are using different equipment that are in the colleges. Right. College uh, will have like, let's look at this, like... A lot of places will have, like, say, an X32 at a high school. Like, I just recently taught a bunch of kids at Moreau Catholic High School how to use an X32. Um, I have also worked with, like, sound techs that will have have worked with X32s, but they'll have no idea how to use, like, an LS9. And for folks who don't know, that's a Behringer X32. It's basically a soundboard. Yeah, go ahead. So, uh, So it's like... They'll learn one soundboard, like a digital soundboard, like the newer stuff, but the mm-hmm. moment they have to transfer back to either like a different brand, a mm. different type of digital board, or like, I mean, the difference between, say, like a QU16 and a X32 is pretty large. They do a lot of the same things, and you can get a lot of the same functionality, but they're very different, like routing interfaces. They're very different trying to figure out how they work. As yeah. well as like, I mean, like X32, you can just hit routing and then you can literally say what channel is coming from where. Mm-hmm. Um, QU16, uh, you have to go into a routing setup menu. It's like within setup, so you, there's not a button straight to routing. And then second, um, every channel has you can change the input source from yeah. either like analog, you know. But it's also like kids don't have any of that overlap. They won't know that like all these boards have a bunch of not only similar functions but also like diff- completely different interpretations of functions mm-hmm. see that that's 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 kind of like what i was going off of you know when i was in college we didn't touch a digital board until maybe my second and a half maybe third i was a junior by the time that we actually like got into the studio so before that you know i was like a i i was 16 years old living in tacoma washington and I was just like thinking like, what do I, what do I want to do with my life? And mm-hmm. again, like having those skill sets of like working in church and just being like, I know how to like set up speakers and I know how to like make music, but mm-hmm. I don't, you know, like, I didn't really know what an audio engineer was right. back in 2006. That did like, there were no, there was no representation whatsoever of just like, I'm a full-time audio engineer. I'm a POC person and this is what I do mm-hmm. full time. 
Um, so by the time that I turned 18 and I moved out to, to San Francisco and I like realized like, this is what I want to do. They had to start on a inbox one channel mixer. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember the inbox. Yeah. With a, uh, uh, H one. Yeah. And that was our first year. Mm-hmm. You had to master that. If you could not master recording on an H on an H one or I think it was an H one or H four, it was one of those guys. It was like one of the one of the betweens. Mm-hmm. But if you could not master that and you couldn't master a one channel, why do you even think that you could actually hop behind like an SSL type board or or, or even Dude. or even something like complicated? Like I tell I tell people like I have the knowledge to be able to set up large large shows mm-hmm. large large shows i'm talking we're talking thousands of people in a conference room mm-hmm. delayed speakers and all this other stuff but again if i didn't have the basics to lead me up to up until that point i would never have gotten there yeah absolutely yeah and and, the, and these basics are like i feel like what we kind of have to do for like the newer generation because everything is at the at the, at the whim of their fingertips you know like you're saying I'm coming in. Oh, I know all this. I know. This, I know all this digital stuff. Da, 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 da. All right, cool. Well, this production is an analog, so I need you to figure that out. Yeah. And it's like, whoa. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right. Like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> you right. Know? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's easy if you have you know all of the you know the bells and whistles of the newer technology, but you know, can you can you do it from the basics? Mm-hmm. So. Um, there have been some interesting. We'll get into an origin story, but uh, there have been some interesting things happening. We usually get into some um, current events. Um, a man crashed a U-Haul in the White House gate. I mean, this is really just a microcosm of just crazy people doing crazy things. And you think that politics, you think that Trump is gone, but still the craziness is still around. I mean, are you, are we? How are we doing post Trump? And are we worried about the twenty twenty four election? Uh, or you know, do we? Are you are you dealing with crazy people? I mean, with <laughs> oh, <laughs> I'm here with y'all, so yeah. <laughs> this is the escape right now. From exactly, the crazy folk. Like, yeah, because <laughs> we're we're sort of insulated being here in the Bay Area. You know, I have friends who are in who have moved to Texas because the price of living is cheaper, but yet they're in red territory. Yeah, I mean the thing the thing is is like even though that we're in the Bay, there's still like a little bit of like purple and red going around. Mm. Like much like that story about the, uh, the young lady who threw a brick at London breed this week. Uh, I heard about that. Yes. yes. Yeah. So what? yeah, there was just happen- London breed. She wants to, obviously things are really bad in San Francisco. There are all sorts of, um, Nordstrom's is leaving and, um, Saks is leaving. So, and, they, and London is under the, the gun to, I don't know, bring police force in and to get the homelessness out and all that sort of stuff. And of course, people are triggered by that. And one thought it would be the great idea to throw a brick at her as an activist. Yeah, I, I mean, like, there are certain ways to address these type of conversations. I think throwing a brick at someone, not the greatest. Yeah. And I just think that we're still in this tumultuous area, this tumultuous time period where we're still trying to figure out how to talk to one another. Mm-hmm. Um, we're all POCs in this room, yeah. but yeah. that's just, be, that's just, we, we kind of like, I felt like when we were working together, mm-hmm. we just like weren't getting upset at each other because like we knew 
we yeah. were under the gun of Ayudele. Yeah, the, the work itself is hard. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yeah. under, under the scope Ooh. of Ayudele, it was yeah. just like, we all knew we were good at our jobs. Yeah. And that we were able to get, we were able to effectively talk to one another mm-hmm. to be like, hey, I need five minutes. Sure. I'm, I'm going to get that done for you. Right. And, you know, that's the nature of tech. And yeah. those who are used to tech and handling tech properly, mm-hmm. you know how it goes and what's what's needed in and that sort of stuff. Um, Dan, oh. what do you th- I mean, how do you deal with because you're very Zen when it comes to dealing with <laughs> ah, 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 <laughs> difficult I, people. At least I think so. <laughs> ooh, uh, you know, I feel like it's something that I've gotten better at, but I'm not going to lie. I had a double load in to double strike I had to manage at ZSpace. Mm-hmm. And. I was losing my temper. I was getting pretty fucking mad at people. People were just kind of kind of acting out, trying to not listening to me, not following direction. Like, got a new technician. He's a great guy, but uh, there was a little bit of an issue with him. Like, I, I'm not into the hierarchy thing, but yeah. I am these tech supervisor. I'm, like, in between, like, Colm and them. So, yeah. and, like, I know the space, and it's like, my God, like... Trying to clean up after these people as well as make sure they know where stuff is. Yeah. Because I just had like a crazy experience where there's a master electrician who I haven't worked with or seen in like five years. So he knows me. He sends me like work emails. Literally because of one of my texts being like just kind of missing some details. Just like I don't want to say uninformed or ignorant. Literally Mm -hmm. they just like probably just misunderstood something like the ME was a little frazzled and asking for complicated things. I knew how to handle that, but the ME straight up uh, discredited some of my like points for hmm. a moment because hmm. it's like, yeah. oh, we have like a speaker system that use, uses five pin, like specialty audio five pin. And I told him that, and I told him that one of my technicians doesn't know that and left some audio five pin in the air that still is going right into my speaker. And that's what people are plugging into trying to figure out this whole DMX situation. Yeah. He's like, what are you talking about? And I was like, check the speaker. I'm not lying to you. And he's like, oh my God, I thought you were fucking with me. And it's like, no, I know my shit better than you in this space. Yeah. Like, You know, I, that brings up an interesting question because as people of color, POC, for those uh, who don't know, you know, I've been in a position of, let's say as a stage manager, there was a time where I've had an assistant stage manager and, you know, uh, sometimes they may... I guess the question is, do you find that there are some individuals who may take for granted? Let's just let's just, you know, I'll just call a spade a spade. If 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 let's say you are white, would that be an issue or would? So let me say uh, this with my beautiful little name, mm-hmm. Daniel Hall. I <laughs> for those who don't know, you're Asian. <laughs> yeah, I'm a full boy Korean boy. I'm from a river. I'm adopted. I got like all this shit going for me. But literally my name alone will trick people. Like I remember like EDI talks. People will assume I'm white because I don't have my camera on. No, it's because I'm like one of the only people of color here. It feels really weird to be like mm-hmm. the only face of color in this like little white zoom call right so kind of keep it off and also like sometimes i'll hear something pretty egregious and i just need to walk away from the camera and be like oh my god like yeah yeah i mean that kind of goes back to what i was saying like we were still in this time period where we just like there are people like us we know how to talk to each other like we don't you don't need to be poc to like talk to one another but like the thing is is just like we're all coming from it from this aspect mm-hmm. of just being like all right I'm going to respect you because you're 
I, I didn't know you were the supervisor. I just thought you were just like a dope ass like tech. <laughs> like I just thought you were just that tech, you know. Yeah. And now that I know you're a supervisor, it's just like makes me like yeah. it, it, like I already gave you the respect that you that I hope that I you know that I was it, oh, like totally. it, yeah exactly. And the red just I mean you mm-hmm. know you're my elder obviously like I'm and you're much wiser. I'm gonna I'm gonna be listening to you, but it's still it's still at mm-hmm. a point to like there are other outside figures who are still learning, who are still wakening up, mm-hmm. who may be woke, but not fully awaken. Well, they may be woke because they say that they're woke. I mean, yeah. I think that if, if, if I'm going to get the permission to be called woke, I need to have that someone tell younger you sort of give me that because I've given you the respect that you deserve. Yeah. One of the reasons why you probably didn't know that Danny was a supervisor because he doesn't mention it. He doesn't yeah. pronounce it. He's like, hey, listen, I'm the boss here or whatever. Exactly. And that's a great thing is like, you don't need to be like, we don't need this whole situation where it's just like, you need to listen to me. Da, 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 da. It's just like, just work with me. Right. No, totally. It's like, I don't need to play into a hierarchical situation when I know I'm going to be the best person at meeting people's needs. Like, I don't need to elevate myself because I know people are going to have to come to me right. for this space shit. Like, I yeah. know that, like, if I make a hierarchy situation, it's going to make things weird. It's like the same way that, like, like okay, for example, like, this ME that was being kind of weird with me has been pretty shit to one of my techs. Like, just flat out, mm. a little disrespectful. And it's getting to my technician. And it's literally like... It's affecting everybody's work. Sure. You can't be doing that, especially when this guy's not your guy. And then people stop talking to one another. It's like, well, I really don't want to say that. And then that complicates other things because there may be things that you need need to talk about. Exactly. You know, issues that are happening within tech or within the show or a cue that needs to be fixed. And it's like, oh, gee, I don't know if I want to talk to that guy. I'll just try to fix it on my own. And then you run into issues. I mean, that's kind of like, I mean, like you were saying with like London Breed and like the homelessness, it's like, this isn't an issue that can be tackled all in like all in one type of one type of situation. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, yeah, it's sad that like Nordstrom's and Saks and all these other places are are not going to be there anymore. But what is what is the you know what is the next step over the horizon at this point yeah how do we like how do we move forward Mm -hmm. to address the issues that are at large so that we're sitting here like not sitting there questioning one another or picking up bricks and throwing (laughs) right exactly and it's part of a bigger issue i mean there's a whole real estate i guess crisis happening in san francisco where there are all these spaces like westfield mall oh my god yeah yeah. it's it's you know tons of um you know companies are leaving Westfield Mall so they're talking about you know making it into like a recreational place or a place where people can work out or but someone's gonna have to bring in the money so we'll, we'll see yeah. there are other things that happen I try to squeeze in some fun mm-hmm. stuff so <laughs> apparently there are dog thieves in San Francisco people are stealing dogs did you know anything about this <laughs> no uh, dog napping what yeah so yeah, that's crazy no. um I live right next to Golden Gate Park. I have not seen any dog nappers. Uh, and I have friends who have that, uh, I forget that name of the app. It's like, alerts you like when like bad next shit. Next door? Huh? Next door? Next, no, it's not next door. It's like another one. Uh, Must be like a crime watcher thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, well, I don't look at that shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but basically, like, it, like, alerts you. And, like, the other day, like, uh, Loda, my, my partner, she mm-hmm. was telling me, like, oh, yeah, there's something over at Safeway. And I pull up, and there's, like, 
couple cops, couple like mm-hmm. whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, like that's just like kind of like typical for San Francisco. It's just like you know, there there's an incident, not yeah. like someone's gonna be like, oh, let me take your dog. <laughs> I work right next to Petrero Center. Literally, I'm they, sure you see everything. They constantly shut down. Like trying to get into work every day is crazy because like some street is gonna be blocked off by police activity. Like, sometimes when I'm trying to get gas at the end of the night, there's, like, eight cops just at the shell just sitting there doing mm, nothing. Chilling. And it's like, how am I going to get gas? Like, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Now, this is a, uh, uh, so there's an influencer. Her name is Karen AI. Uh, Karen. So, in any case, she's one of these influencers. She's on Instagram and TikTok, and, you know, she's got followers, I don't know, millions or whatever. She hooked up with an AI company. To create an AI for I herself. I this. Yeah. <laughs> this is, I, think I, this thought is that, I thought this was genius. And she gets this AI, which can imitate her visually and vocally. Mm-hmm. And she's renting out this AI to be an individual's girlfriend for a dollar a minute. I, hey, you know, make your money. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty I, I, affordable when they, yeah. she's not like scamming people wholly. She did develop a product. Like, I honestly feel like, in terms of how egregious AI exists right now, with yeah. like, you know, we had the whole writer strike. We have like, yeah. continuing. Oh my god, I heard. I read an article on how a lawyer was using AI to defer legal cases, and it's yep. like, like, was citing fake cases. And mm-hmm. anyways, I think this is like the thing AI should be used for. Is just. I think that this is kind of like that silly kind of like yeah. It, it there's no real harm in this because she's still in full control of it and yeah. like and and and, the, and I think there's parameters like set on it like mm-hmm. they can't they can't like the AI can't do like sexual flavor uh, sexual oh, flavor. interesting I think I, I mean like I don't I don't know yeah and, and I mean like obviously there's people who could probably like rewrite the code and all this other stuff to sure. like to do those things but to say like. I'm going. I'm going to t- own my image. Mm-hmm. It means that I feel like there is a the space where like you can copyright yourself. I think that's going to be the future. I, I was thought about that. Let's oh. say a guy like Jack Nicholson who doesn't want to act anymore says, "Hey, listen, you want to use my image? Yeah, well, you know, just pull it." Or, or Harrison Ford, like you know, well, this new Anna and Joan. Yeah, they were doing it on the uh, uh, Fast and the Furious. They they replaced. Oh, Yes. They replaced oh, that's Paul, right. Paul, Paul Walker. Walker with his brother. Yeah. So, I mean, like... Adding Paul Walker's face. Oh, exactly. my God. They did Carrie Fisher. All, they did... That that's right. To Carrie Fisher in the and, Star Wars series. And, and, uh, and uh, Luke as well on the, yep. on the latest... Uh, yeah. Uh, oh, Young uh, Luke? Yeah, I think okay. it was like the second season. They got a lookalike that literally looks like young Mark Hamill, and they still wanted to do all this AI effect tra- tracing on him. I was kind of like... You, you, they kind of got, like, one of the, one of the best... Have you seen the actual guy they casted to play young Luke? He looks like young Mark Hamill. He did not need to do any of that extra bullshit. I was watching a YouTube video from this uh, group called Corridor Digital. Yeah. And they did a better job at uh, face replacement. Defake? Yeah. yeah, Defake than than Disney. Yeah. So, I mean, like, with this whole cloning of AI, it's just like, um, I think that we are moving into a space where I think maybe eight years ago we were watching like Tupac as a hologram. Yeah. We were watching Michael Jackson as a hologram. Mm-hmm. And now we're getting into a space where, you know, sadly, uh, Tina Turner passed away this week. Mm-hmm. But um, now 
those are the, those who are younger actually yeah. get to like experience her. Let me ask you this: what do you what do we think of Chat GPT anyway? Because I use it every day. Oh, do you? <laughs> what do you use it for? I got it. Writing emails. Uh, my I have it look up. Um, I have it look up information for me. So, like, I have my own radio show called Vibe Control Radio Mondays on BFF.FM. Right on. We'll, pu- we'll push that. Thank you. Thank you. Three to four. And oh, um, yeah. <laughs> so um, I have to submit my songs every week. So I usually have remixes or edits and all these other things. So the way that radio works is usually the, uh, the stations have like a blanket it's called a blanket license mm-hmm. and through the blanket license that means you get to play anything that you want to mm-hmm. but the but the artist gets a percentage the thing that i do on my show is because i play a lot of remixes i make sure that the producer and the original artists mm-hmm. are are both paid Ooh. oh nice so you'll have the name of the song it'll be remixed by mm-hmm. the original artist the 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 album name if it was an album or if it was a single and then there's on top of that the the record label that has that that goes along with it so when um sound exchange or um any of the terrestrial or uh digital um stations are are Mm -hmm. uploading their music to towards the uh for for payment for payouts Mm -hmm. uh every quarter um (coughs) it, it really helps so and in other ex- other aspects, again, emails. I have it like I I had a I I am currently in a dispute right now, and instead of me just like spending my time angrily writing an email, I just gave it a couple parameters and I just spat it out. Wow, cool. And, and then the last and the last aspect is um, proposals and uh, uh, news article or articles that I'm currently writing. Mm-hmm. So again, I have parameters in which I have set up. Mm-hmm. I have it spit it out. I change, I change and edit along the way. Yeah, now it's pretty me, good. So let me ask right. this, but because there's AI who can simulate songs, you know, let's say put in a parameter and they'll sing, or put in a parameter and they'll, you know, there was a um, there was a art contest and an AI won an art contest. Yeah. And there's some artists who are like, oh my god, this is horrible. Some are like, well, I can use it for myself, like you know, let's say use my image or my voice and. I can make money without having having to do anything. So this actually is a whole discussion. Do you guys? There was like a, uh, there is a AI rapper that was made. It was literally I like, heard about yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You guys remember this whole thing where it was like this, like. Uh, Hold on, are you talking about the 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 one that like had like, it was like a like the metal mouth. mouth and, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So this is the one that it's like it's in that kind of like screen rap thing of like uh, I would say like Scar Lord and like. Um, God, who is it? Uh <laughs> FM Mecca? FM that was Okay. It. Yeah. This this was also it's like all white people that did this too. Yeah. So it was also like a second kind of like kick to the like mm. it's but, see oh, that's it just egregious. It cultural was, I, cultural I, appropriation. Yeah. I felt like yeah, that was that was the most heavily handed uh cultural appropriation of just like just black culture have like of the most um but have you guys heard about ghostwriter who did a um he put out a remix uh or not really a remix it actually like made us made a song that sounded like drake and um uh the the, the weekend yeah he's using ai he mm-hmm. like um i am in a space where it is kind of twofold 
I, I'm still like, obviously I use chat for like my work stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't really see chat doing much more than that for me outside of that. Like it helps me write code. It helps me do like a bunch of stuff that I can't like find on the internet. But I feel like when it comes to music making and all this other stuff, there still needs to be a human touch to it. You think you can tell the difference? I honestly, and that is, that was a, when I, when I listened to that song mm-hmm. by Ghostwriter, um, I actually thought it was Drake. Just the infliction and everything. Mm-hmm. But that also could be because of the performance that was delivered. Yeah. There's a lot of AI. There's a lot of AI um, FX tools that you can yep. add, to, add to your chain. Um, you're running Ableton. And yeah. We could literally be sounding like Kend- like a bunch of Kendrick Labars in this room. <laughs> sure, <laughs> sure. That's right. <laughs> like, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. But, like, you know, I still... I feel that if you are going to use AI to make music, Mm -hmm. you still need to document and prove that you're not just using the tool at base level. Mm -hmm. Like you need to be adding on a humanistic approach to it, Mm -hmm. whether that be the way that you produce the beat, whether that be the inflictions on how you wrap the beat. Um, because like, I think now mm-hmm. with the way that AI is, it's like, imagine if you were a ghostwriter and you're writing a specific song for Drake or you're writing it for Usher or you're writing it for Rihanna, you can literally sound like them so that they can hear it in themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the music field, we call them demos and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so these demos can now sound more like the artists that you're trying to go yeah. for. And it, you know what? If they don't want if they don't want the song, you know, send it to another artist or the vocals. Or you know, this gets into lawsuits. But let's say someone wants to, you know, they're presenting a song to Rihanna. Mm-hmm. Rihanna doesn't want it. They're like, well, this AI sounds like Rihanna anyway, so we'll just put it out there. Yeah. Uh, and of course, Rihanna can very easily say, no, 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 no. You're using my voice. Yeah. I'm suing you. Yeah. And that becomes I- a legal thing. Well, uh, I think it's UGM, Universal Music Group. Um, they took the song, the the, go, the Ghostwriter song down. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's not like, I'm not saying like Ghostwriter, that's the actual artist's name is Ghostwriter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think, th- and this is something that I talk about in like, and with my music friends as well. Mm-hmm. We, you have to have some type of ownership and, and, and the, the, when you have your documents and your legal work taken care of, mm-hmm. sending a, a defamation or any of these other types of uh, types of like uh, documents mm-hmm. is super easy. Yeah, yeah. You know, all I need is your email, and I'm sending you a defamation lawsuit. Yep. Take the song down, or or suffer the consequences. Yeah, Dan. Let me ask you this question before we get into an origin story. Do you think there's a dehumanization? It's almost like humans are are not as valued, or for those who go into the AI, well, we don't need a real artist to paint anything. We'll just do AI, have I do it, or we'll have AI sing. So we'll have AI be my virtual girlfriend. But I also want to always mention that at the end of the day, AI requires a frame of reference. Like you have to input something designed by humans, like with that human touch, mm-hmm. for this system to learn, process, and then regurgitate. Like it still has to. Still are inputting stuff. I mean, like with the Ghostwriter, it's like 
I get the logistics about it and why it's legally why I had to take it down, but it's also one of those things where it's like, well, if he's recording his voice with this effect, it's still technically his performance of the song with an effect. It gets crazy. Yeah, we, gets crazy. There's, like, yeah, there's two different um, royalty setups, basically. Um, so you have the musical, you have the musical, and then you have the recording. Mm-hmm. And these are the these are the two that you have to be careful about. I could write you a song sounding like Daniel Hall mm-hmm. and but I am not sounding like you because I have this effect on there. So we're getting into this space where the performance rights are being tampered with in this situation Mm -hmm. i can make the music and make 50 percent of the make 50 percent of it Mm -hmm. but now because it's an ai who do i pay the other half of the rights for this song for yeah right it raises the question can you copyright your voice I mean, you can copyright yourself and make a dollar every minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're a Karen AI. <laughs> so, I mean... <sighs> and then, how do, you, how do you educate? I mean, coming from a law perspective, because I work for the DA's office, although we deal with criminal law, you have to educate a judge. You have to educate mm. lawyers. You have to educate a jury. <sighs> and that alone is tough, yeah. <laughs> rather than make, oh, oh, along with making your case. But with that, let's jump to an origin story. Uh, Elijah Collins, uh, where were you born and raised, and how did the theater bug bite you? <laughs> so uh, I was born in Oakland, East 33rd, right on. Um, to my father, Chris Collins, and my mom, Sunita Garrett. Um, they, you know, they never, they never really were together, but, you know, um, much, much later, my dad and I reconnected, and we're, we're still working on a relationship. But um, I was kind of like raised all over. Um, we, we were talking about this off air, but um, my family is originally from uh, like Louisiana and all like oh, like, cool. the, like further out, further out. We're talking about, like my grandpa, my great my great grandparents, my great 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 grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about generationals like stuff. So everybody came d- down to the Bay. I lived in San Francisco for many years, uh, bounced around in, t- in Tacoma, the PNW area. If anybody, if anyone knows uh, about the PNW, uh, Reg and I actually like, we're talking about like how, uh, I used to live out in Maryland and, and how we had, uh, like huge connection of like, just like the culture, the Creole and Cajun culture that was out there. And, um, by the time I turned 10, bounced around again through San Francisco bounce around through Tacoma again, <laughs> mm-hmm. bounce around through SAC for two years, bounce back, bounce back to Tacoma. And ever since I moved, ever since I turned 18, I settled uh, in San Francisco to get my audio engineer degree, which I, which I got. Um, that turned into doing the theaters, like expanding more into the theater stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, right before the pandemic, I actually was working at uh, LinkedIn doing broadcasting. So I kind of felt like, um, I've always said this to like a lot of my friends who are kind of nerdy. If you guys remember like Captain Planet? Yo, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. The power is yours. Exactly. Thank you. Captain Planet. <laughs> so it's like audio, photography, video, broadcasting, and animation are all just like, kind of like my my core group mm-hmm. that I've like, I've always wanted to do this. I always wanted to do that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now like, now that, it, you know, after 15 years of living in the Bay, 
I'm finally able to encompass all of those things. And especially like uh, how we did on Tasha, it was just like very like it was what I exactly needed to show my girlfriend and my friends just being like, I'm not just some nerd who's just like taking photos all the time. Yeah. You can actually show this is what I do. This is this or this is what I've been wanting to do. Yeah. And now I'm here. You know, it's interesting in listening to you because we're I'm a Generation Xer and I think you're millennial. Would you say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I I would say like I feel like cusp because I was born 90. Yeah. What year? Uh, Nineteen ninety. Oh, okay. I feel like we're yeah. like millennial and then like millennial because I grew up without internet. Like I grew like there was only one, there was only one ho- household phone mm-hmm. and it was a rotary phone. Mm. Um, you may remember, be the last generation to remember the rotary phone. And I remember like when people used to like drive around without seatbelts, I actually like would like watch the video. I was like, <laughs> I, I like remember this. Like, yeah. why do I remember this? <laughs> so I guess you grew up with the Nintendo or did Super Nintendo? Ni- Super Nintendo, oh, uh, yeah. Sega Genesis, uh, and 97, my stepdad, Darren, uh, bought us, uh, bought my younger brother, Malik and I, uh, our first PlayStation. Mm-hmm. And uh, this kind of goes into that hustle culture that I told you. Um, so when I was 12, I used to go wash cars mm-hmm. uh, during the summer. And I collected enough money to buy my PS2. Oh, nice. Or excuse oh, me, excuse yeah. me, excuse me. It wasn't my PS2. It was my brother and I's PS2. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> no, of course, you were sharing it, yeah. Exactly, so. Now, I brought it up because my, uh, my younger sister, Nicole, she was uh, born in 86. Yeah, 86. Mm-hmm which is about four years older than you, but it was her first time like learning. That was the, that was the generation that learned how to use a computer from yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was exposed to the computer only when I got into college. The IBM PC, and I think my mother had a Wang when she was you know, in, in, um, working in the office. And this, this was like in the 70s. But yours was a generation that actually grew up with computers yeah. and grew up being comfortable. Color MacBooks. So, wait, as the as the youngest of us born in '97, I was straight up on my mom's lap while she was like playing like old kids computer games, like yeah. the very first of their kind. I remember playing like Doctor Seuss on like the computer with my mom when I was like two years old, sitting in her lap, and I yeah. point at the screen, she'd move the mouse and click. Like that was how early using a computer was for like people like me. To a yeah, degree. yeah. And what what computer was that? I could not tell you. It was like one of those gray Macintoshes with a tower. It was Oh, I had so one of those, old. yeah. Like, it was a Power Mac. I'm sure it was a Power Mac uh, beige. This was before Steve Jobs, you know, came in and yeah, took over. Well, abs- that's probably exactly yeah. what it was. That- Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I think I was done. I was going to say, like, my mom was also one of those people that, like, my grandfather was building some of the first computers in the Bay Area. Like, oh, nice. And then my uh, mom fell into that, and then... I think, like, yeah, no, she just was a huge nerd from the beginning, so I was introduced to all that stuff. I watched my mom playing, like, PlayStation. Like, <laughs> I, I watched my mom play video games before I could hold controllers and even touch a mouse and keyboard. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you were doing Twitch before Twitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah, little little baby Daniel, two years old, pogger in the chat. Like, <laughs> But I bring it up because it sounds like you grew up with being uh, acclimated to electronics at a very young age. Yeah, actually, one of my stories... Uh, uh, was when I was six years old, um, my mom told us 
or told me this is before my younger brother was born. So mm-hmm. this uh, we're talking about like maybe like two years before he was born in '97 yeah. as well. So I grew up kind of like as a as an only child and kind of like was living the best life. Like, <laughs> as an older brother, you, you, yeah, you, 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 I was an only child for a long time too. Yeah. <laughs> so I had the great idea that. I wanted a color TV. Mm-hmm. So I asked my mom. I, like, I didn't understand the nuance of like how to get color TV back in the day. And there was this little attachment. And again, Danny, this is, before, this is, this is some funny shit. <laughs> so there's an attachment that you had to take the coax to, and then the coax would connect to the TV and somehow push color onto the TV. And this was like, I don't know why I had a black and white TV but I specifically remember watching Family Matters, and I had this great idea. Since I can wash my body and that gets clean, what if I did the same thing to the TV? So I pour down water on the backside of the TV. It flickers. Mm-hmm. And this was my first time realizing, like, electricity doesn't mix well with water. <laughs> oh, Again, God. I was, like, five. So, sure, I mean, okay. like, but, I mean, come on. My logic was, like, I yeah. washed my body. I'm wondering who's watching you. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was in the next room over. Okay. Oh, and I remember, I remember this clear as day. She opens the door. I explain what happens. And, she, and she's, like, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a good mom. She just she, doesn't even know what to do. Just yeah, she's, like... And, and 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 again, like and and we laugh about this now. Uh, that yeah. we, we laugh about this now that like we're old, much older about the stuff that like I used to like have debates with her about whether or not like I was going to go uh, take a bath or have like a meal or something like that. Mm. But that's the type of relationship that we've like always like yeah. had, and it's like that's like why I am the way that I am is yeah. because like she's been so supportive along the, along my journey. Yeah, and instead of like you know giving me a spanking. Or, or punishing me. Sure. She just was like, I'm just going to end this right here. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to deal with this. I'll yeah. deal with it tomorrow. Yeah. And yeah. She's like, I got, she's just processing. She's like, oh man, I got to explain how a TV works yeah. to my kid and why water doesn't work and why I, I I, he's 90, so lucky I, I didn't 90, beat his ass. Like, yeah. You know, you know, you know, it's funny because when Norman and I are, you know, doing this thing, we talk about how we grew up. If that had happened to me, because I did some, I did crazy stuff like that too. I had this crazy idea at five years old that I was going to that the house was sort of watertight, so that I could turn on the faucet and flood the water, and it would flood the house, and it would be an aquarium. I don't know how I had this great idea. I'll get my butt beat. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, you know, um, what do they call it? A corporal punishment was a, a thing back in Norman and I's oh, day. Oh, oh no, trust me, my mom tore into <laughs> our butts. Like, oh, my, is that right? Yeah, my. Mm, mm, I. You were probably mm, the last generation. To yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, it's not like I think that corporal punishment is effective. I just think that it's effective in like in certain capacities. I think a child should have a decent healthy fear yeah. of their parents. Yeah. At least at a very young age so that when they tell you to do something you you do it. It's, yeah. It's an interesting thing because like uh for me I totally understand where you're coming from. It's the concept of establishing discipline in a child. Mm-hmm. But also in the same regard my mom hella subverted that because of my father because my mom would spank me and then my she made my dad spank me. Mm. My dad mm. straight up was like we're not doing that anymore. I don't like yeah. that. This yeah. is not working. Because and, if you can do it without spanking, that's perfect. Exactly. And, exactly. Like my, my, my grandma has 
the look. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, dude. there you go. And and you know, there was a few years where I stayed with her, mm-hmm. and yeah, when the dishes weren't done, you got the look. Yeah, when the yard wasn't uh, wasn't mowed, mm-hmm. you got the look. And I don't know why, but the fear of God, like she would just give me these chills. And it's very funny because like now she tries to play all cute and she's like, oh, I'm a grandma. And yeah, she's like, yeah. no, 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 no. We're, yeah, you yeah. remember. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah. And my younger brother remembers as well. And, and you know, and we, and we have these, and she's like, I didn't do that. I was like, woman. <laughs> woman right but but yeah i think like now nowadays it's like you don't really need to like i feel like this like this 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 new generation Mm -hmm. it's like we should be talking to our children like we like i think i think spankings were out of necessity because of like our relationship with the church, our relationship, especially like with black families, our relationship with your household. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And especially like within black families, you know, we just, we've been out of slavery for like maybe just under a hundred years or so. I mean, the, I think uh, if we're talking sixties, there still was. Like oh yeah, there's still yeah. Still, I mean, there's still oh, yeah, Jim Crow. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's still. I mean, there's still like like I think I saw someone was like in slavery like until like 2012 or something like that. Yeah. But like, or what what is considered yeah, like, slavery? Like legally, like, yeah. The papers what, were not what is legally? Like, yeah. yeah. And I I think that as a black father, uh, as a as a soon to be black father, not not now, but like in the future. Sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about it like I have two dads who love me endearingly on two different spectrums mm-hmm. and they now give me the respect of what I need right now. Yeah. But if we were to go back in time, they weren't in that mental space. They were like, t- they were 20 something. Of course. I'm, of course. I'm, I'm older than both. I'm older than yeah. both of them. Mm hmm. And I can't imagine the pressure that you must feel to like be like, oh, I have to cor- I have to course correct my child into mm-hmm. doing what is considered black things or all exactly. this other stuff. Yeah, no, you, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I had a very good friend of mine. She was a coworker of mine. She's a bit of a griot. She uh, has a black. She does black uh, drum circles. Mm-hmm. She uh, sisters of the drum, uh, Mar Stevens, and she says, you know, when slavery ended. When we talk about corporal punishment, it's as if black families learn from their slave masters yeah. how to deal with their kids and yeah. to break that cycle. It takes time. It takes a generation, you know. I, and, I, and that's what I'm saying. I think like from my from my great grandma, who I <laughs> she tore into me one time, but from her to my grandma to my mom, I think like. I'm this. I'm the. I'm the breaking of the cycle, and it may be like a couple like pats on the hands, like mm-hmm. my, like my, my granddad. My grandma. My granddad was a softy when he was when he was still alive, mm-hmm. and he was just like you know, just pat you on your hand. Just yeah, you know, he, he didn't like that stuff. Yeah, Give me a wrist. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't do it again. Exactly. And I think like I think like now nowadays, as as you know, as we as we are trying to break the cycle, it's like we we have more time to mm-hmm. be a parent like uh let me take like three extra minutes to yeah. explain why you shouldn't be pouring yeah. water down your tv yeah. and it happens <laughs> in the asian community as well i mean i've heard like in the chinese i'm not sure if in the korean community where you have the helicopter parents or whatever or oh, say, getting so the, i was yeah. gonna say this as an adoptee 
I was treated very differently because I absolutely did not have that. Like, I was one of the few Asian kids in my, like, group, my, like, childhood groups. Literally, my mother let me go free as a bird. Like, my mom wanted me to be as independent and as self-sufficient as she Mm -hmm. could. Like, my mom had a lot of intentions for me. And also another point that you guys brought up that's really good is that my mom, my parents could not have kids. So they did not actually adopt me until they were like over 30. Wow. So when I think about younger parents, you know, the pressures, there's the anxieties. Yeah. I think about my partner's parents who started having up up to six kids starting when they were like 22. Mm. Fuck. Yeah. Like, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. Mm, it's like yeah. my mom, you know, was raising both my brother and I. And there was a time and period in which we got spanked. And then that, like, there was a time and period in which she started talking to us. And, 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 you know, I think like when she started to talk to us, that's when she started to trust us. And I think that's what you got like really early on, which, which I think like, you know, yeah. I wanted, I wanted to and, and I can relate to that as well. I mean, my dad, my dad has always been wonderful, wonderful. I mean, you know, he, he felt that he had to spank me when I was, you know, like really, really young, but he really didn't want to. And I think as children, we can sense that, you know, there's some parents who are like, they enjoy it, unfortunately, and they just do it. And the criminal justice system are full of folks like that. But when I became a young adult or, you know, someone that dad can talk to as a friend, like 12, our relationship, like, like 11, 14, yeah, 14, 15, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, yeah. you know, let me talk, let's talk about girls and, you know, this yeah, and that yeah. and, um, just life in general. And really just him talking about my goodness, I'm having such a hard time paying the bills mm-hmm. and things like that. Oh, another thing. Parents, my parents are also super transparent about the struggles. They were mm. telling me financially, like, what is it? Um, when my grandma died, like mm. that wow. wrecked my mother, put my father in a very hard position, and they did explain to me that they're kind of struggling mentally. Yeah, that that stuff that that's so important. It's all it's all about communication, but also, I feel like another thing that we as our generation have not only do we have like the ability to talk about this, we have a bunch of tools. Like this podcast is talking about the experiences and the differences of like parenting, but also it's a reminder that like. These conversations are good and that we are slowly working towards, again, breaking those cycles Mm -hmm. and shit. Like my grandpa used to beat the shit out of my mom with a fucking belt. And it's Mm. one of those things where it's like I was viscerally afraid of my grandfather when he was mad because Mm. of the stories. Yeah. But also like the my mom cut it off at spanking and I will probably never hit my kid. Like good, yeah. There, it's one of those things where when we talk about corporal punishment. It depends on what, like, what I hate to say. It's like what gets to the kid. I would, I dream that I never lay a hand on my child. Yeah, I don't know. Well, what, you want your child to have humility and respect for one another without having to, you know, do it by brute force. In a weird way, my father not <clears throat> wanting to spank me while spanking me kind of really made the spanking like really worse in a way because it's yeah. like because you knew he didn't want to do it so now I can't make him do this like yeah. crazy it's interesting and it's interesting because there was another thing that I didn't mention in the news Senator Josh Hawley he's a really horrible Republican senator um, mm-hmm. he basically says the Bible can show solve our masculinity crisis apparently there's a masculinity crisis and what we're talking about right now is really about you know how men I mean we haven't uh, it deals with all you know yeah. cultures yeah, yeah. And, and whatever but um we're expected especially black men you know yeah. our parents my mother 
was so deftly afraid of me being soft. You know, she's yeah. like, listen, be a man, act like a man. <laughs> and I just, yeah. Ugh. No, and, no, no, no. I, I, I agree. I agree. And, and that's a total different subject. We could talk about that later. No, no, no. I mean, like, mm-hmm. like wholeheart- wholeheartedly, like I went through that same thing too with my cousins. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, I was, I was considered a crybaby back as a, as a kid. Mm-hmm. And I think that type of sensitivity made me uh, vulnerable towards people taking advantage of me. And I think that's, I think that's the level of like, of like quote unquote softness mm-hmm. that our parents, like our parents or our grandparents were trying to like, like talk about. Sure. But th- again, they didn't have the contextual language to be able to talk about this. They didn't have the time. They didn't mm-hmm. have the, they, you know, they didn't know how, like, you know, the fact that we're talking about like, what our parents were going through mentally or how we're going through mentally. Mm-hmm. I don't see that happening back in the nineties. Exactly. No. You know, you know, the, the very concept of talking or even admitting your, your issues or problems. I have an uncle who was a generation older than my dad who would never talk about his problems. He always knew the answers supposedly. And of course he went through his marriages and unfortunately, you know, beating his wife and kids and, you know, just growing up, you know, growing old really, really horribly because of his actions, because he thought, well, this is how men should be. He couldn't show signs of weakness. And for him, weakness was compassion to a degree. Exactly. Which is horrible. And contrast, you know, dad is beloved because he is very open about his feelings. He would talk to me about anything. He would help anybody out. And the community loves him. And you know, it's and I see that with the newer generation. I think that was where I was going. Where the newer generation, you don't buy into these old concepts of why? what it is to be a man or what it is to be. But, you but, know. but, but why at this point? Like, right. Why does your like not not yours specifically? Yeah. Not yours specifically, but why does your definition dictate what I do? Exactly. And that's why, like, my my dad Chris and I, like, we we were able to like link up again. Mm-hmm. You know, like I told him straight up, like, you know. This is my partner. She's white. She's she's Jewish. She's beautiful. She mm-hmm. has a great heart. She has a she's really smart. She teaches she she's opened me up to a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And I think that if I didn't if I didn't swipe right on her, mm-hmm. that I would <laughs> that, <laughs> There you go. But I'm saying like I yeah. I don't think that I would be here right now. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know I don't know I know that I would be a, a version of myself. Yeah. But I had to question like when when you know when I was introducing her to him just being like what is my level of blackness or, or why do I even need to even measure that like yeah. I, I wake up I like I am black right like it doesn't matter like and you know like and then again having Darren and my mom be there throughout my life you know Darren was like very early on and who's who's my stepdad again yeah and then my mom Sunita you know much like your mom very open pushing me to pushing me to be like in the spaces that I want to be in and then again, like building building in this relationship with Chris has kind of like completed. I, I felt like it's starting to complete all this emptiness that I have felt in my life, um, because I because I was trying to measure myself to to what what Danny's doing, what Reg is doing. It's like no, no, no. My masculinity is only dependent on how I like on what I feel. Yeah. If I, if I yeah. want to feel, if I want to feel emotional and I want to cry, or mm-hmm. if I if I like. That is also masculine as well. Yeah. And there are a lot of theater groups that are talking, they are writing plays and they're presenting things that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so important. I think, you know, the newer generation, they're saying, hey, listen, there's no proverbial book. 
that says what it is to be black or be Asian or to be man or, you know, whatever. I wish the jewels were here because they can talk about, yeah. you know, yeah. what it is about, you know, gender and all of that sort shout of out, stuff. Shout out, shout out to Jules. Oh, we love Jules like, so much. Pulling, like literally like pulling all of us, all of us together because like honestly, like again, without like pe- without certain people in our lives just to mm-hmm. kind of like oh, yeah. push to push us in, in these type of ways or open open up these doors. Mm-hmm. There you go. It's uh, the beauty of like, um, was it degrees of connection and then slowly breaking those degrees down? Yeah. It's kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I want to jump back into theater. What was it about? Okay, so you went to college. Uh, what was your first theater job? Uh, I worked at PSAV, which is, uh, which is now called Encore. And they're the. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they are the in in uh, in house AV team at any four and five star diamond hotel in the in the Bay Area. Okay, so, so that's your Four Seasons. That's your icon. Yeah. So, so when they do conventions or yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Um, Weddings. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking Comic Con or something like that. Uh, we've had we did do uh, a light Comic Con, but most of most of the most of the cons are held uh, downtown. Okay. Uh, uh, mm. At the Metreon and the Moscone and the Moscone yep, sure. Center. Um, but again, uh, going back, that was like my that was probably like my first. Actually, that wasn't my first official job. I had a, I had a, a I had a class where we had to go seek out a play mm-hmm. to go mm-hmm. do audio on, and it was me and my two older classmates, uh, Cesar and uh, Mert, and both both of them kind of were like my older brothers in that sense. I mean, we were we were, we were a band of brothers. It was like eight 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 guys, mm-hmm. <laughs> and and that's the sad part about audio. It's like it is or just text sometimes it's like mm-hmm. very male dominated yeah that is unfortunate and there's no reason for that at all no there isn't i mean like i've worked with some of the most i would say a lot of the best texts that i've worked with and shout out to deb mm-hmm. uh who i i will literally plug i will plug her because like she was one of the best texts she was actually five foot and could set a 16 by 9 screen by herself. Hey, there you go. Hell um, yeah. Right? So, and and for those for those who are listening, <clears throat> that is a very heavy screen to push up by your, just by yourself. And, you know, she gave no excuse. So, I, as, as, I, as, I, as I'm a 6 foot 3 black man, you know, to, you know, 220, you know, it's pretty easy to do, do a lot of this work. Mm-hmm. But... I love working with people who either can delegate yeah. and or give me no BS. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan, I was going to ask you a question because you've worked with a lot of folks as a supervisor. Have you noticed it is, is it male dominated? Is there a reason why? I mean, do you think that there's something about technical theater or that the hiring practices that push away women? Um, I don't know if you have a take on that. Straight up yeah, gatekeeping. gatekeeping. I, I literally, Pondo. yeah. I, it's one of those really hard things to where it's like, I would argue I have worked with a handful of like, I've worked with some amazing female technicians that I feel like don't get enough work, and I've worked with a lot of dudes that do absolutely nothing. It's the system of like, I think it's that a lot of, I feel like a lot of dudes I work with create this kind of like aura of mystery in mm-hmm. our industry. They like, 
the I've worked with a lot of dudes that create this concept of like this is almost like you won't get this. You're not going to be able to do this, or like this will be out of your. This is out of your like. Or the mansplaining. I, I, I hate that. That that like I hate especially like mansplaining to to another per- person who identifies as as a male. It's or, just like it's like the younger. Du- it's like the old dudes doing this shit to the young dudes. It's like yeah. you're you're they're never going to get anywhere by the way that you're acting like this. Yeah. And it's also one of those things where it's like, for me, I. It's hard because I feel like there are some like female technicians that have been clearly gatekept to a point to where it's like they're hard for they're it's hard for me to in confidence hire some of them. Like there were two like technicians we hired from uh we hired at Z Space. I think that they're all right, but they don't know anything. And mm. it's one of those things where it's like we should give them the training, yeah. but we can't it's such a hard game of like, well, I don't want to be paying them my thirty an hour rate. It's the, it's the investment that's a lot sometimes. but also it's like it's also like how has nobody else done this for this person yeah. how are they already how are they able to argue for a 30 an hour rate with not knowing how to hang a light yeah it's a vicious yeah. loop because you want to hire them because it's the right thing to do because, yeah well but can you justify doing it if they can't really do so, the job but how do they get the experience if they're not hired? Yeah, it's it's so hard because, like, for example, it's like my partner is, like, an actor and we're slowly integrating them in tech because literally they're further ahead with technical work because they're just around me. Because mm-hmm. they're my partner and they I have, like, lights in my house. I have my own, like, mobile sound system. Like, I do all this stuff. I, I teach people how to work with these systems. Like, my partner, of course, is going to pick all that stuff up. And honestly, they have a better, like... Uh, they have better pitch than I do. They have a better ear for sound, like than I do. Like they're ex- they are phenomenal in terms of what they can hear, and it's like why aren't we using that? This is no. like somebody who's who'd be a perfectly viable tech that is not being trained, and we are hiring people that need to be trained, and we also have p- people that like. I don't know. It's it's really irritating because it's like I like these techs. I think they're great people. I think they just need more time in a space. Like, for example, ZSpace is a rental client. One of my my one of my best technicians right now doesn't get that. Like, he is so used to working at like SF Playhouse and like like you know like a, a home theater. Yeah. And it's like, well, you're working with the same people all the time. And it's like, know. no, you're working with rental clients. These are people that right. you don't have to do everything for. And it's also they will have varying degrees of resources and money. Like we have like a current client. So much money, so much money. Like four weeks of load in, four weeks of just load in. Wow, wow, that's, like that's what a luxury! Exactly. Like, wait, wait, wait. So, so wait. So you know, Tasha, like they literally pulled out everything. They pulled, oh, they it's pulled okay. down all of the masking. They pulled down all. They struck all of the lights to install like a small house on stage, like foot stage extension. Like there's a Is bunch it of Z below or Z space. Z below. Okay. Wow. It's Z below the yeah. little the little black box. It that has a t- like has a tiny space for four for four weeks. I want to say that the original lighting plot had some like three hundred no some one hundred and fifty channels. That's too much for that. Wait, place. and we're not even talking about the candles. Candles as well. LED DMX controlled candles. No, that's too much. And it's like around the entire room. And Can the electricity say, handle that? Do you have enough? Um, if it's LED, if the lights are, if the, if the candles are LED, yeah, we're using a lot of LEDs. We're using a lot of like birdies and smaller fixture lights. Okay. But in the same regard, it's still one of those things where it's like, 
That's a lot of money. There's a lot of stuff happening for a very small space. But, like, off of, like, what you're saying, I know about Bayvac and the city, and they're a nonprofit that focuses on teaching teenagers about about the theater. And, uh, you know, I think that this, that's an opportunity for young women to, like, start to kind of, or, again, those who identify. I wonder if they're keeping the out of here, too. Yes. No, no, no. And, you know, I I see this in the DJ DJ world as well. You know, Mm -hmm. it's just like, man, 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 man. Oh, here's, here's one woman. And, you know, and like you're saying, like having your partner just be around you like what like one of the trade-offs <laughs> like back when loda and i were just like uh talking on on a, on, a, on, a, uh, on bumble i was like you teach me guitar i'll teach you how to dj and you know she is a phenomenal dj i tell her all the time it's just like crazy to again hear her ear in this in this aspect of just like all right i have several thousand songs Mm-hmm. Spanning decades worth of 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 of, of music that mm-hmm. uh, touches on a variety of topics. How are you going to do this? You know, one of one of our exercises when when, we were, when she was first learning, I told her, "All right, I need you to get from Missy Elliott work it to September." <laughs> By Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, yeah exactly. oh, oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> no. Yeah, I was like, "What's September?" I was like, <laughs> do you, "But do you remember?" <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, early on, I was like, "If you can get between these two, between these two songs and five songs, I'll like, you know, you're going to be good." So she tried it. She failed the first time. I was like, "Obviously, obviously, you're going to fail." But here, let me show you how I would do it. You do it your own way. Mm-hmm. And over the years of just like being in spaces for our friends because like we dj we dj at our at our new year's parties we try to dj like here and there together but you know this is more of my this is more of my thing mm-hmm. but you know when we're together i'm just like it's like it's like fire it's like so much fire like we did us we did a set together um for dirty not sorry last summer which i'm actually going to be putting out the video pretty soon um just is so much so much work right now but um i'm gonna be putting out that video soon and it's just the two of us just just back and forth having fun nice and, and it sounds like she's comfortable in doing it so comfortable i mean maybe not in front of a full-fledged audience or yeah. so i mean like that does take a lot of confidence and a lot and and uh, uh know how to like work or work a crowd and whatnot mm-hmm. but the fact of the matter is is that she she like i I, as a man, or a person who identifies as a man, am giving a person who identifies as a woman the space and the time, and I'm not talking down to her, or at least I'm trying my best not to. Yeah. Relationships, we, you know, we always get on each other's nerves. I'm sure she'll tell you. She'll tell you. <laughs> exactly. It's yeah. also hard because at yeah. some point, as like the point of like being the educator, there are points where you're like, you're like nope, that's wrong. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 that's and that's something that I think. In the future, as we're talking about having children, like I feel like I'll be a lot better at because I'm already practicing that those same skills with my own friends, and I real and I realized, especially like working with you guys, like when I need to take a step back, when I need to when I need to be mm-hmm. a little bit more hands on, when I need to just be like, you know what, things are gonna figure themselves themselves out, and I just need to just be here for like ten minutes, and once those ten minutes are rolled up. All right, let me, yeah. let me help out. And that's awareness. That's awareness exactly. in the conversation. Thank you. And Thank you. Thank there's you. a lot of people who talk at people yeah. because they're like, well, here, I'm giving you the directions and 
they're not taking anything in. They're not even checking in to see, are you getting it or, you know, am I approaching, approaching you the wrong way? Um, and that's something that everyone needs. I'll, uh, go oh, ahead, Dan. I'd actually even say that some people aren't used to that. Like, I like I really hate talking about my people at my work, but it's also like, I feel like it's a really good learning experience, like, as well, because it's like, I have to learn that this is somebody that's pretty used to giving, like, an order without any real, like, like, do you understand it? And they're not, I can feel like they're not used to having someone be like, okay, do you actually get what I'm talking about? Mm. Do you know what needs to be done and what thought process has to follow that while right. I'm not here? Right. Yeah. Like, and how much time do you have for that? Because let's say you're in tech and there's a queue to queue and someone's got a timeline and you don't know if that person that you're giving directions to, do you understand what's going on? Mm. They may nod their head and say yes, just because they're supposed to. <laughs> I remember, I remember, like early on, we were we were kind of going through that when we were doing tech for Tasha. You mm-hmm. know, we were just kind of like, kind of fumbling through until we got to the place when when everything just started to work. Right. You right. Know, it was it was hard, and it, and it always works that way. I mean, yeah. no matter how frustrated people can get because they want it right, right then and there. Right in front of them. And I'll be quite honest with you. There are folks who know theater, who are who understand tech. They've been through the wars, and there are people who just don't. Yeah. They are artistic. They are they want to get into theater, but they don't know how the you know the food is done in the kitchen, mm-hmm. and well, you know you can't go through these conversations why in real time. So you just you know roll with it, and you know let's say you get someone who's going to yell and scream because things aren't done right, and you just say in the back of your head, well listen, let him or her go through whatever. It'll, it'll work out. It'll always work out in the end. When the time you have opening night, I've only been, so you see these posters here. These are, you know, some of the things that I've done. There was one show, only one show out of the 20 years that I've done, you know, theater here in the Bay Area, where we had to move opening night back a week because we weren't ready. Yeah. And that was an actor who wasn't off book. Uh, <laughs> oh. I, I, I really hate to say I've done so many shows where they've been delayed. Like one of my favorite shows mm-hmm. that I was mixing for and really kind of gave me credibility towards like mixing musicals mm-hmm. was delayed a week. Like sound had been ready for, I want to say like four weeks prior to like even See, previews. That's what I love about sound. Easy to set up. <laughs> well, we had to do a sits probe, so we needed the full band mic to like, we yeah. were ready mm-hmm. to get all that ready. But, but audio takes like, from from the perspective of like doing conferences, like audio takes the least amount of time. Usually, it's just like push oh, a fader. And I will, I will, Sometimes I, you can wait, set wait, it wait, and wait, forget wait. it. Wait, exactly. So exactly. I will argue that it takes the least amount of time for a load in. The actual build and construction of some of your audio equipment, depending yeah, on like. Yeah, yeah. So we like the sound designer brought in his own like rack, his own his own surface, his own like RF, like his okay, like yeah, he do, brought everything yeah. in because we do, did not do, have you, do you, we did not have mm-hmm. that as mm-hmm. the. Wow, it showed, and I had a blast doing it, but it was truly, like, a thing of, like, like, uh, we had a new actor fly in, so our lead was already shifted, and they hadn't finished the script, like, our line designer was, like, taking forever, the, the directors hadn't finished, like, blocking the whole show yet, it was, <laughs> oh, like, God. it was really, like, irritating, because sound of during load-in? Because usually there's rehearsal process before you even get into the theater. At least that's all oh, that we should were, be worked yeah. out. Oh, you guys were like, rehearsing back know. in December, right? Oh yeah. yeah. By the time or, we or get even, in, the, or even before that. That's exactly right. Pre, like, was it night before preview? Was it? I think like rehearsals before the first preview was when we had like bows finally blocked and ready to go. Yeah. Like we mm-hmm. had finally like 
all right, everything's finally finished. Yeah. And sound had been like waiting to run the show for uh, three weeks. I had like the least amount of time with that show for as much mm-hmm. as I enjoyed it, and it was also mm-hmm. all line by line mixing. It wasn't just like yeah, yeah. I was going. Nuts. I mean, you, oh you guys. I, I'll have to say, like as an like a person who was in the audience, you mm-hmm. guys did an amazing job. Like. Um, I know you weren't there for opening, right? For Tasha? Yeah, for Tasha. Were you sick? Yeah, I was. I can't remember which one. There was a couple of uh, days where you were sick. Sick, yeah. And uh, there was another guy that came out. in. No, car accident. Oh. oh. Wait, I'm pretty sure Tasha was when that drunk woman hit and destroyed my car, wasn't it? Possibly, yeah. I think so. Like in yeah. February 1st? Yeah, it was like pretty early on, but... But I'm just saying, like, as an audience member, you guys did a phenomenal job, so I just want to give you your accolades oh, thanks. for that. Well, a one-woman show, I mean, obviously, Janae was excellent. And oh, with a one-woman show, I remember... <sighs> Amazing. I remember doing uh, Heathers, and I had to mix, and I used a uh, Behringer. But literally, every time an actor walked on, just like what you were saying, you know, like line-for-line line mixing, and, you know, I've got a direct looking at me saying... <laughs> <laughs> pointing up okay okay and I remember doing um, Debbie Does Dallas the Musical which is more Saturday Night Live than porn <laughs> no we did have one guy we had to tell him you know put his pecker back in his uh, pants because he was <laughs> getting a little too excited but in any case that was another one where I had to, literally I'm like mixing and I'm thinking everything is set and the director's still walking in the booth saying no 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 bring her I'm like didn't we set this during tech okay fine oh yeah. you got an actor that didn't warm up their voice is cold you got like oh well i mean it's like it was too loud for them when there wasn't an audience and now that there's an audience it's too quiet yeah, like right. oh my god oh, we can tell war stories all the time <laughs> one question i want to ask you elijah as far as the business is concerned how do you deal with i guess marketing yourself getting making sure that you get I don't know the full. I mean, when you have to sit down with the person and say, "Hey, listen, this is how much I'm, I, I want." Yeah. Instead of getting lowballed, do you deal with that? Do you ever have those issues? I do a lot. Um, I'm current. I mean, I'm currently doing going through it right now as I have like a bunch of proposals out for for some gig for some gigs, mm-hmm. and I think like the the biggest thing that I try to tell this person is it's like after we do this one project, you have the ability to use this in any any of this material in any way that you want to. Mm-hmm. So currently I'm sitting down with, um, I'm not going to say their name cause I'm not trying to jinx it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm charging them eight fifty for, and I, I feel like that's very low for what, what they're asking for. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, we're talking about a photo. We're talking about a full team photo shoot. We're talking about a full studio photo shoot. And then mm-hmm. we're also talking about a, uh, 30, 30 minute, kind of sit down interview which I'll chop up and be able to use for social media Mm -hmm. and I think one of the big things as an artist is you there's a there's a discipline that you need to learn Mm -hmm. in the in the real world or in the working world it's always be selling in our in our world it's always be marketing yeah and it's like oh you know what what I've been doing lately especially this year is I will take pictures on productions or things that I'm a part of 
Um, so to say, like, uh, oh, last week I was working with my homie uh, Jason and Max over at Last Wave Productions. Mm-hmm. They're one of the other. It's not they're not theater per se, but we we do a lot of AV work. Mm-hmm. And we were over at uh, One Samson, and I was just like, this is a beautiful space. I'm gonna capture a couple photos of of me in this space. And I'm going to post this on Instagram and I'm going to post this on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. So when people start to think like, oh, um, I I saw you doing like this, that and the third. I'd be like, yeah, I was. What do you need me for? You know, (laughs) so because it's just like, you know, working at PSAV, like that really taught me how to, again, the five, like the five fingers of death, you know, like I feel like I can go out into the world and just be like, yes, I can get that done, mm-hmm. and I'll get it done for you. Especially like with Tasha, like I feel like most of my most of the video work mm-hmm. was done just a bit ahead of ahead of time, and we had something extra. We had some extra stuff that uh, I am very sad didn't make it in. Yeah, but well, that's that's the, that's <laughs> you know that's the the, I mean, the dilemma of the artist because you know you create things you yeah. don't know if it's going to you know pass or not pass yeah. and, and all that sort of stuff. But um, but it's good that you brought that up because as an actor, I can, you know, audition. I have my resume and audition. They see my work or whatever. Um, as a musician, you know, you can hear your work. But you're absolutely right. If you don't capture what you've done in the past mm-hmm. and show it, then, you know, how do you market yourself? Exactly. Oh, it's in, in that. I think you're right. It's super hard to market technicians because a lot of the work is. It's not seen. Well, I will also argue some of it really, like, some of the really cool, like, technical work, say, for, like, design and some of the effects, a good chunk of it doesn't show on camera. Yeah. Like, really cool hazer effects, really cool lighting, really doesn't show up on camera. A good sound effect in a three-dimensional space, you can't really show that. Like, when I think about, like, um, like a really cool, like... I don't know, we had a crazy reverb effect on, like, uh, the Red Shades, and it would bounce around the whole theater using a bunch of different speakers with the layout puts, and literally, it's like, well, I, you listen to the recording, it doesn't, you can't Yeah, you can't it's, 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 uh, bi-oral is, uh, what, yep. uh yeah, so yeah. it's, it's, a uh, one, the one ear and one another ear, and you can't, yeah. and then without, without it being in the five, 5D space, you wouldn't know. Yeah, but also in, like, a true three-dimensional space, it's like, damn, you, you can program, you can try and sculpt that, but if you don't have the actual, like, 300 foot building using its own kind of like re- yeah a lot of times it is the building and the equipment that you have or the equipment that they have mm-hmm. yeah because you know you're limited to you know what space you're going to be working in and yeah. I'll, that's another question when you interview for let's say someone who wants hey i need you to do sound for for this space that i'm that i'm doing this production in Oh, you're checking your watch. I guess we, yeah, we do have to go. No, no, no. I just got a notification. <laughs> but in any case, in your interview, do you basically say, hey, listen, what am I working with? What what equipment am I working with? What space am I working with to know what your limitations are? To be honest, I'm a drop-me-in coach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like, uh, to be honest, like when I was playing basketball in high school, I, mm-hmm. was, I, was a, I was a starter for a while. But then my coach realized I was a better six man, mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's why like I I am the way I am. Um, I've realized that my skill sets are to be able to take what the person envisions mm-hmm. 
and to expand upon it to be in a way that they didn't even think themselves. So like with Ayudele, when we had the heartbeat go up, mm-hmm. you know, at the original heartbeat that I just like had the rough design was just like a fade in, fade out. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like, no, this is fine. I was like, no, 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 no. Trust me. You're going to like when I finish the last one. Mm-hmm. And the last one, you could literally see the the pulse go yeah. through yeah. both the screen. Like we, it, was a th- it was three screens, and mm-hmm. two of them were lined up right next to each other. Yep. And I, a hundred, I, I like, I probably spent like way too long. Actually, I'm not going to say the <laughs> amount of time, but I probably spent way too long on trying to make sure that, again, with the effect that you saw on the screen that you that you you felt that guttural yeah. response. I tell you it it was a very very powerful and of course that's the what I guess the money shot of that particular yeah, play yeah. because that's the death of Natasha McKenna who was a real person who died uh, in custody in uh, Virginia. But yeah, that visual effect and it took all of the work away from um um Janae. It's like yeah. it 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 enhanced. Yeah. You know the audience perception that this is a woman who is dying away. I was going to ask you what what um digitally uh, what what software do you use? I use a comb- I use the combination between Canva and uh, for the demos, mm-hmm. and then when we got to the finals, I was using a, a combination ben- between um, After Effects and mm-hmm. Premiere, which I'm slightly I'm 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 a again a, an animator, but like not on the sense of like making a full fledged cartoon sure. or so. But like again, uh, with that scene in particular, yeah, I already had a lot of the a lot of the elements there, and I knew exactly what I wanted to achieve what was inside my head. Yeah. So when I as I was telling Ayudele this, I was like, "All right, well, this is what I'm thinking," and she's just like, "Get it done." And I'm like, "All right, cool, perfect, sure, perfect. That's yeah. all I need." All right, I won't see you guys for another four days. Yeah, I'll, I'll see you guys when I when I come back with the videos. Right, and <laughs> hope that when she actually sees it or when. Whoever actually sees it exactly. will agree because if they don't, it's like, listen, I don't have enough time because we're in the space already mm-hmm. to give you something else. Mm-hmm. You um, know, shout out to directors that know what they want. Like, <laughs> right. Shout out to directors that are like, <laughs> or, give me this. Like, yeah, and, 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 and are open to suggestions as well. Exactly. Open to, like, honestly, elevation because, like, yeah. I've had a lot of, like, I've had a couple of directors that will come up with cool ideas and they'll shut them down before they can even, like, cook on them and it's like right and i and and i think again that goes back to like working with an individual Mm -hmm. who ayudele who has been in the has been in the game for a while and who knew my idea was create a little crazy and a little bit strange to what she had envisioned but then gave me the green light to take that opportunity to be like all right boom this mm-hmm. like when we're in the audience and you see that final heartbeat happen and you just see that red line run across yeah and we come down to that that fade yep you know again that like the combination between like what Jules gave me and the what Jules gave me with the sound mm-hmm. Reg giving a direct Dan 
cutting down the lights and just like really just oh, like i want to oh. give credit to stephanie uh dr stephanie johnson for her lighting design like okay. <laughs> i've done a lot of work with her she's definitely again like what is it she's like one of the ogs that definitely taught me like what to do in yeah. theater yeah and and dr johnson is so incredibly sharp as far as getting it you know as far as we talk about tech and knowing how to you know do things and you know, A.O. Daly doesn't like this. She's like, okay, so let's fix this. Let's do this. Let's do that. Not a lot of talk, not a lot of back and forth. She knows exactly what she's doing. Dr. Johnson's awesome. Are we allowed to talk about this yet? But I think I.O. Daly and uh, Stephanie were, uh, I think they're taking over the old piano fight venue in Oakland. I've heard about that. I'm Are not sure if it's okay to talk about it, but uh, you know, we'll, 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 I'll find out. Don't worry about it. It's, I'll, I'll, I'll take the heat. I'll take the heat. But I think that's in the works, and let's see. I was going to ask you, do you have any issues about Rumor. Adobe itself? I mean, because it sounds like they've sort of, they're sort of like the Microsoft of arts software. Oh, yeah. Just dominating, because do you have to pay like a monthly fee for... Yeah, but, it all, but I have a business set up, so yeah. like everything is just like, it's just tax write-offs at this point, so yeah. like... You know, I, 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 when I started my second company, so my first company is Zealous, and that's mm-hmm. focused. That's more focused on music stuff. So that's like, that's why I'm like meeting up with the the, uh, the studio and whatnot to do this work with. Um, and then there's like Black Specs, which is me. It's it's my artist. It's my artist name. It's my it's my moniker. It's 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 like the my representation mm-hmm. out, outside of outside of the music realm. And I mean, besides DJing and and whatever other other things that I do basically I just wanted to give myself the space to just be like explore learn mm-hmm. grow um master uh don't be a master of one be or a master of you know the, the, the jack whole, of all trades be, be yeah don't be a jack of all trades and a master of none. none yeah it's better than a master of one right so I knew early on when I was in audio school um that I was just like I don't like just doing audio. I like mm-hmm. stepping outside of that. So that's why I built Black Specs. And and again, like as I was learning like to build a business, that was just like, oh well, you know what? Thirty dollars a month. That's 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 just literally like one hour's worth of work right there. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's one hour's worth of work. So as I'm like using these tools, I find it to be more like, yeah, I wish it was much more cheaper, but in the long run. I split the costs with my homie and that makes it a lot cheaper. And at the same time, like I'm so used to using it. I just can't, I can't imagine myself like switching mm-hmm. like my, my brain just like, I look at DaVinci resolve. I'm just like, that's, that looks fun. Yeah. But do I have the time to learn a whole brand new system mm, to yeah. like that? That is already, I have already, I started using like Adobe like back in college. This, we're talking like ten plus years now. Sure, I remember when Macromedia had Dreamweaver. I don't know if you guys remember that. I think they were more web design, but yeah. you could also use that for oh, yeah, other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. I remember Dreamweaver. Oh, yeah, wow. um, <laughs> I again, I went for simplicity, Squarespace. Yeah. No, no, but it, it does a job for you. Exactly. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in the future? Where do you see yourself? I don't know, five, ten years from now. Dan, you want to answer first? <laughs> I thought we were, I thought I was co-host. Yeah. <laughs> um, but are you frustrated? Are you frustrated with the Bay Area? Do you want to venture elsewhere? Do you want to be in New York or LA? Or are you happy here? To be honest, I, I told I told Lo this pretty early on. I think like the Bay is my home. 
I, I think like, uh, I mean, I found my people. That's I found my tribe. That's why I'm here today. Oh yeah. Um, I, I've visited New York a handful of times. I just, I just don't like the hustle and bustle. But that's why I, that's why I have black specs. Mm-hmm. You know, if if there was some reasoning why I needed to be in New York for a couple of months or whatever, I have that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, if I was teaching a, or if I was uh, doing a conference for music stuff, that's why I have Zealous. Uh, you know, it makes it easy to go to, like, uh, um, Texas or uh, Nashville or whatever. Um, in the next five years, um, hopefully still happy as a, as or, you know, continuing to find what my happiness is. Mm-hmm continuing to build upon my relationships with my fathers and my mom and my family in general. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, financially, you know, I I wish things were a lot better, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I feel like everybody can say that. Yeah, I think everyone, yeah. Yeah, right. And, um, you know, I just want to be able, you know, if, if, if Lo and I are at that point to be able to bring a child into this world that just like is as loved as uh, you know, as our parents were trying to give us. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I was going to ask you, Dan. Um, sounds like DZ Space is treating you good. Oh yeah, I'm. What is it? Finally, not running all the shows. Like <laughs> we, we're finally hiring technicians that can run shows. Um, what is it? I think the only big like yeah, I'm actually feel like I'm in kind of a real supervisor position. Really get to check up on my people, make sure that they're okay. Um, my boss is always taking care of me, so it really feels like I can extend like that to my technicians some of them who are frazzled some of them who are getting used to it and some of them who are learning to set boundaries with clients because that was a very hard thing to learn like mm-hmm. but big thing i'm doing big thing at Zenex is a uh, there's road to mecca it's a pretty cool show uh i think in tech wise it's going to be the more interesting because what show is doing that road to mecca uh a company called Weathervane. um i forget her name but uh wendy she's like a producer executive director she kind of has a new kind of llc for every year um for some tax system but basically she's just like uh she's a very like how do i describe it she just puts on like really intense work like this is like a huge production inside Mm. a very small space yeah and I think it's going to be pretty interesting. I think it's I, it's called Road to Mecca. It's about a sculptor um, in South Africa who would point all of her um, statues towards Mecca. Um, could be, I literally haven't seen anything, so I'm very like in the dark about as much in the dark as yeah. anyone else. My big thing I'm doing at Z though is that there we have uh, Z Games Night. We have like a little. Uh, that's right. Yeah, go ahead and push that. Oh yeah, Z Games Night. We have a whole little um, game night event. We come. We play Mario Kart. We, we have a Wii there. We have board games, and I will be hosting a a little D and D extravaganza. I'm just hosting a little session with my friends in mm-hmm. main stage. People, uh, people are free to watch. Uh, hopefully, in future sessions, we'll have like guest stars and stuff like that. But yeah, we're also starting Magic the Gathering playing um, tournaments at Z, Z Games Night. So I please got, I bring some your friends cards. I'll send your way. <laughs> yeah, no, that's going to be fantastic. It was funny. A couple of podcasts ago, I was talking with a. Um, she is a opera singer. <laughs> so of course, I had no idea that we were talking about video games or whatever. <laughs> Apparently, we were talking about Dungeons and Dragons, and I was like, "Well, I did when I was a kid because I, when I was a kid, we did do Dungeons and Dragons. No board, no oh, book, or anything yeah. like that. Just one kid. Like I would have, 
a blank piece of paper and I would say, okay, listen, there are three doors in a cave. You know, there's one to the left, one to the middle, one to the right. Which one do you go into? And my friends who would not see this map that I have mm. would say, okay, I'll go open up this one. And that's how we play Dungeons and Dragons. We still do it. And I'm st- <laughs> like, so I'm one of those guys that like, I started all that. I mm-hmm. actually, but I we, I got the books. Like we, the resources for Dungeons and Dragons are pretty accessible and you can get almost everything free online. Like mm-hmm. super fun. I am one of those guys that I want to use my theater expertise to bring it up. I'd like to have like yeah, a couple want, notches, you yeah. know, sound design. Yeah, lights. yeah. that's awesome. I'm really I'm debating about a projector because it's like oh you know I could just project like backgrounds for whatever we're in. So if we're in like a forest setting, we're in a dungeon, we're in a castle, we're in a tavern. Uh-huh. Like, hey, it's I exciting. Mean, yeah, that would be more pretty, work for that'd you. Be pretty sick with like all the stuff that we did. Just I mean, like just trigger a button. Yeah, so I, yeah. Hey, forest green. Dude, no, literally. <laughs> Oh, uh, what I'm gonna be doing is I'm gonna move like a lighting board down to me. I'm gonna have like a little sound, small like uh, Jerry rig sound setup because I don't want to use the mains. It's not mm. not gonna be that crazy. Projector. I literally, I'm really thinking about getting a little network switch and plugging it in my laptop to be like, yeah. you know, have, I'm thinking. I'm really thinking having it all on QLab proponenting how far I can mm-hmm. get QLab with this. But yeah, uh, I have. I'm I'm I love I'm what is it I'm elevating uh the play system to like you know the board the screen like mm-hmm. having all the little minis and things like that for my players. See, I like this idea because it's just like for a lot of people who may have never been to Z Space or even in a theater, you know that they get to come into this come into this knowing a game that they've already known for mm-hmm. a very long time, mm-hmm. but then have the nostalgia raised up like by tenfold oh exactly like the production value on yeah. this yeah. Like, like, yeah if you guys ever play um because there i sometimes i do doom speed running so if you ever oh, do Doom, oh my god <laughs> literally all we need to do is just set up a monitor for you because like mm-hmm. we have a monitor for like we like we games so there's mario kart and we sports we have usually i usually bring like my tetris stuff so uh-huh. like people i love watching people play competitive tetris like yeah throw them on like old school game boys watch them duke it out have you guys been to the folsom street foundry in in san francisco no folsom street foundry yeah, so it's like it's basically what you guys are talking about, but it's a it's a brewery. Uh, like they have like um, it's a microbrewery, but they have like food and entertainment there. Mm-hmm. I actually used to go there back in the day, you know, before back in, back in my single days, you know, mm-hmm. I was out there in the streets. Um, <laughs> but um, you guys should definitely check it out. It's like I, I or even the listeners should go check it out. Um, I don't know if they're. I don't know if they're still still doing it, but I mean, like, still like going to the space is like mm-hmm. still still pretty fun. The uh, last last thing I remember about it was just like it was like on Tuesdays and Thursdays every mm. like every week. Folsom Street Foundry. Okay, yeah. I remember that. Check it out. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Oh, and yeah. we'll pump you know what's happening in Z Space because that sounds like fun. Oh, oh, it, yeah. oh, board games, card games, you know, just. Mm-hmm. Messing around. Is it online? Is there like a link to that? Oh yeah, we have a Facebook link. Okay. Yeah, we'll. we'll um, I'll. I'll get all that from you. Um, we're about to. We should close it up. There are a couple of shows that I want to uh, push. Um, the Confessions of Lily Dare. That is uh, going on at the New Conservatory Theater from May the twelfth through June the eleventh. Lamont Rogel, who's been on the show, uh, he's in the show. So check that out. Shotgun Players is doing Yerma. Um, that'll open May 26th, which was yesterday, uh, through June the 18th. 
Linda Amaya Hassan is in the play and Katja Rivera is directing it and both have been on the A. Um, so check that out. Um, Into the Woods, uh, a company called Mountain Play is doing that. That'll be May the 21st through June the 18th. Echo Yamamoto, who has been on the A many, many times, is in the play. And Dave Moshler is the... Um, I know he, he is not the musical director. He is involved musically in it. But check out Into the Woods. Also, uh, The Nigger Lovers <clears throat> is extended until May the 28th. I've heard rave reviews about it. The Magic Theater is doing that. Tanika Baptiste is uh, the star of the show, so check that out. Actually, it ends tomorrow, so check that out. The Dignity, Dignity Circle, uh, Central Works is doing that. It opens June the 24th through July the 23rd, so you have some time to check that out. Kimberly Ridgway is in the show. Gary Graves is directing it. Tammy Berlin is doing costumes. And Greg Sharpin, we've been talking about sound designers. He's a fantastic sound designer, uh, so check that out. Alterina Players is doing a soldier's play that opened last night, and it continues until June the 25th. Sean J. West is directing the show. Fred Pitts, hey, Terrence Smith. Sean yeah, Sean J. is uh, fantastic. Fred Pitts, Terrence Smith, and Jake Fong are in the show, so check that out. Um, Los Altos Stage Company is doing Sunday in the Park with George, one of my favorite um, Stephen Sondheim um, mm. plays. That'll open June the 1st through the 25th. Brenna Kimmerly is in the show, so check that out. Singing in the Rain, uh, South Bay Musical Theater, that's going on um, from May the 13th through June the 3rd. Melissa Mambuis, who's been on the show, she is in it, so check that out. Um, San Francisco Playhouse is doing Chinglish, which has been getting a lot of uh, great rave reviews. And a couple of my friends are in there. Sharon Shaw is in the show. Michael Barrett Austin and Jeffrey Lowe is directing it, so definitely check that out. May the 4th through June the 10th. The Berkeley Playhouse is doing Becoming Robin Hood. Uh, opens May 26th, that was yesterday, and it closes June the 25th. Paul Plain is in the show. Crumbs from the Table of Joy, uh, Town Hall Theater is doing that. Uh, Tanika Baptiste, once again, she is directing that. That's June the 3rd through the 24th. Uh, let's see, uh, we have King Lear, Silicon Valley Shakes, that is an all-women cast, so check that out. July the 28th through September the 1st. Cynthia Logozinski is directing that show, and we have a link for that. And there are a couple of podcasts I want to push. Barry Graves is pushing out The Black Man's Heart, so check that out on all podcast apps. Mallory Samara, who is our consulting producer, her day job is KCBS, and she has two podcasts that she's producing. As Prescribed, it's a weekly conversation with leading medical experts, and also... Uh, what is it called? It's it's generational. It's basically a conversation where um, people from different generations are asked specific questions like, you know, what is your work ethic or dating and that sort of stuff. And so that's an interesting podcast. And finally, The Central Works has a script club. It's a podcast where you can download and read a play script and then listen to an audio interview with the playwright. It's delivered semi-annually. Also, I want to bring up that Bendelsif Studios has the Fobcast, Philippine-American Immigrant Story, so check that out. And also, we have Yay Jerseys, so hopefully people will buy Yay Jerseys. It's $30, so we have black, we have white. It's a way to support the uh, the show. Uh, you can... Um, DM me uh, either on uh, Facebook or, or Twitter or, or on Instagram at Red Space Clay. It's only 30 bucks, And that is it. 
Uh, Elijah, did you enjoy yourself? I did. I, I thoughtfully, thoroughly enjoyed myself. Yeah. I, what I, fantastic conversation. We could go yeah. on and on and on. Oh, <laughs> man. I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like we definitely could. Maybe maybe a part two. Maybe uh-huh. maybe. Uh, uh, Maybe after Jules gets done with their uh, with their world tour, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yeah, if you talked with them, yeah, yeah, I, I'll I'll I'll, I'll, hit, I'll hit Jules like as soon as I can. Um, I just know that I, when I text them about like, hey, are you coming through to the podcast? They were like, um, I'm not even in the state right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Jules is busy, yeah, as, as always. they should be. So. It's all good. And by all means, you can come back anytime. Thank so, you very much. Right Thank on. You. And Dan, thanks for coming back in. Oh, <laughs> glad to be back. Thanks for having me again. Yeah, the yay is on all podcast apps. Everyone is probably listening to it. Um, we're on Spotify. We're on Overcast. We're on uh, pretty much everything. Um, I thought we we're on something on Spotify, Overcast, SoundCloud, and Amazon Podcast. I've got to mention that. So just go on to music.amazon.com, search for The A, and you'll find us. The A was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise, or if you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up. I'm at Red Space Clay. Norman is at Hoosier Hoosier. Uh, Elijah, uh, how can people find you, either on Twitter or Instagram or... Yeah, it is Black Specs on everything. Uh, B-L-C-K-S-P-K-Z. Um, I know it looks like Black Speakers or Black Spikes or all this other stuff. It is Black Specs. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube, all this other stuff. So, yeah, you can find me all over there. Right on. All right. Well, it's 2.43. I'm going to grab some lunch or whatever. Uh, we'll enjoy our Saturday. And as yeah. Norman and I always say, we got to find a better sign-off. And we are out.